Finances can be complicated, but they don't have to be. I break down financial topics that may seem complex and overwhelming so you can start taking action on your financial goals. I'm Ari Talbot, and it all starts here on Personal Finance Redefined. It's Monday, which means it's another episode of the podcast. Hope you've all been enjoying it so far. I guess unless you're listening on a Tuesday or Wednesday, in which case, then it's Tuesday or Wednesday. So today's episode, uh, another great question, is all about taxes and specifically taxes for self-employed individuals. So when we're looking at taxes, it's often so confusing. There's so much junk out there and so much confusion that it's easy. In fact, it's common to be more confused after you look into it than before you looked into it. So my job is to simplify that for you. So here's the framework to think about it when it comes to what you have to know as a self-employed individual who is filing their taxes. So before I get into this framework of what you do need to think about and what you don't, let's understand who this episode is best intended for. So it's really for anyone who is self-employed, has anyone thought about becoming self-employed, or anyone who's interested in becoming self-employed and the tax uh, implications of doing so. So you are self-employed if you own a business as a sole proprietor or you're an independent contractor. So if you're a member of a partnership that carries a trade or a business, and then primarily if you are in business for yourself, that could be part-time or full-time. And before I go further, let me explain that I try to keep this as high level as possible. And I'm going to link into the show notes instructions on how to do everything that I'm explaining. But as a general rule, and I say general because it applies to most but not everyone, you are required to file one annual tax return and pay estimated taxes quarterly. So self-employed individuals, they must pay self-employment taxes as well as income tax. Self-employed individual tax, that's a Social Security and Medicare tax for individuals who work for themselves. So stepping back from self-employed for a second to better understand this, most individuals who work a W-2 job, they pay into Social Security and Medicare taxes, and those are withheld from their pay. When I mean withheld, that means Ari goes to work, he's working a a job that pays him a W-2. Let's say Ari works at a smoothie shop, and if Ari's expecting to get $200 for his first paycheck, right? So Ari goes in, he's excited to get his $200, and he sees that it's around $170, $180. Well, what have happened there is taxes. So withheld just means that taxes are being withheld so that by the time you receive that check, taxes have already been taken out. So whenever you hear of withheld in any fashion when it comes to taxes, that's what it's referring to. So if you're self-employed already, you'll know that this does not happen. And so Social Security and Medicare taxes still have to be paid. Why is that? Well, when you become a certain age, you have the option to opt in and all do. The question is when for Social Security and Medicare. Medicare starts at age 65. Social Security is between 62 and 70. And we all pay into that now. So the IRS outlines that you must file an income tax return if your net earnings are $400 or more. So let's say estimated taxes is something you've never heard of before if you are self-employed or ever have been. This is the method used to pay those Social Security and Medicare taxes because there's no employer who's withholding these taxes for you. You're responsible. It's the Form 1040ES is the estimated tax form for individuals, and it's what you can use to figure out what taxes you owe. 
Now, when it comes to filing your return, you will be using what's known as Schedule C. This is where you report your income, losses from a business that you operated from as a sole proprietor. You can also report your Social Security and Medicare taxes on Schedule SE. So what are the benefits of being self-employed? This is more of the fun stuff. Well, on the non-tax side, you have the ability to make unlimited income. Studies show it's not about how much income you make that leads to happiness, but by realizing that you have the ability and the freedom that comes with it to realize your full potential. If you run your business out of your home, you can save a bundle on transportation costs to and from work. Let's assume, I don't know, you pay $30 a week in gas. So you're paying $30 a week in gas to get to work and back. That's $1,560 a year. So by, by not driving to work, you fill up once a month that savings of $1,200. This is without taking into account wear and tear and all of those type of things. But now let's look at the tax benefits. So tax deductions are nice, but the truth is they're not as beneficial as they always seem. Those individuals who see it from the outside, they, they view it as what's known as a write-off, which makes it sound like everything's free. Let me be clear, that's unfortunately not what a write-off is. You still have to pay for it, you're just not charged income tax on the amount of money that you spent. So here's some example of common tax deductions for most business owners, meaning if you're self-employed, you can buy certain business-related items with pre-tax, meaning non-tax dollars. So meals, when you're traveling for a business or a meeting with a client, it's rare you can deduct an entire meal, but typically you can do 50% if you save the receipt and note the purpose. Entertainment, 50% of the cost of entertaining a business client can be deducted. Travel, you can deduct the cost of travel expenses as long as you have a specific business purpose. You can take the home office deduction every year, but it doesn't amount to that much. It's a complicated formula to compute. And taking what's called the safe harbor home office deduction, that avoids any issues. Uh, internet and phone, in addition to your home office, you can deduct a portion of your internet and phone. Health insurance, self-employed business owners are able to deduct the cost of their health insurance premiums and those for their spouse and children, provided they're not eligible to be covered under another plan. So for example, if the spouse had an employer with a sponsored plan. So this seems like a great benefit, but it's less than it seems. The cheapest plan available for families is around $800 a month with a $13,000 deductible. Remember, this is just a deduction. So health insurance costs are not free, just deducts the overall income that you must pay. There's a financial app designed specifically for you that will enable you to take advantage of tax deductions if you're self-employed. So this automatically tracks your expenses and income streams to find your deductions. It's called Hurdler, and I don't work for Hurdler or receive any income for me saying this. I just know clients take value from it. I've attached a link to this in the show notes. So back to the taxes. Instead of your employer paying half of your Social Security and Medicare taxes, you have to pay the entire thing. When you pay both halves of your payroll taxes and you write a check to cover quarterly income, it quickly lets you see how much you pay the government each month. So for most individuals, the benefits of self-employment still far outweigh the drawbacks. Now, the biggest benefit to self-employed individuals is by far retirement savings. You have access to accounts known as a simple IRA, a SEP IRA, a solo 401k. These are all awesome. No other individuals have these benefits. The reason that you have access to these is because employees often receive free money, known as a match from their employer, 
and therefore are subject to stricter contribution limits. You don't have the luxury of receiving a match if you're currently working as a contractor. Well, there's not an employer that's saying, hey, great job on the work you've, you've been doing. We're going to go ahead and match that and contribute to your retirement. No, there's no one doing that. So you must fund retirement on your own. So the contribution limits are far more generous for that reason. For example, a W-2 worker who is single and you're under age 50, the max you can do is 19500 into your 401k. Now, if you're a self-employed individual, you can put up to 25% or $53,000, whichever is smaller. So there's many cons and benefits to being self-employed, but the freedom and opportunity that self-employment allows is hard to quantify. That's it for this episode, a bit of a longer episode, but I hope that was helpful. Please submit a question once again on my website, personalfinanceredefined.co, so I can answer your question in a future episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Personal Finance Redefined podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know if there's anything in particular you would like me to discuss by submitting a question at personalfinanceredefined.co. That's personalfinanceredefined.co. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, quick disclaimer here. Please be smart about this, and before taking any action, consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It's for informational purposes only.